Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a stupid boss gets his fingers chopped off. I've been doing security for about 16 years now, and about 10 years ago, I was doing on-again, off-again shifts at a particular site, not relevant where. Anyway, I had a decent amount of annual leave hours under my belt, so I decided to take a vacation in a city down the coast, visiting a friend. The understanding was that while I was on vacation, my annual leave hours would pay out as if I were still working, but with 17% leave loading, woo. So about halfway through my vacation, the day after I'm due to get paid, I actually check my account, and the number is nowhere near what it should be. I go, okay, maybe they're a day late. Four days later, after I get home, no improvement. So I ring up work and ask them what's the deal. What I get back is that when I'm on vacation, annual leave pays out on my regular roster hours. But I wasn't getting regular roster hours, so they were paying me for about one hour a day instead of eight. I said, uh, I went on vacation to use up annual leave. They said, well, that's what the rules are. So I stopped taking vacations. My annual leave hours built up and built up. The company doesn't like anyone holding a huge number of annual leave hours because if someone decided to quit out of the blue, the payout would be amazing. Saw one guy do this. He had enough hours to take a year off. Then he retired. So about six months later, they came to me and said, Why aren't you taking vacations? I said, I can't afford to. You guys don't pay out my annual leave hours while I'm off. Silence on the other end. Then, we'll see about that. All of a sudden, the policy changed. I took a nice long vacation. Then, down in the comments, we have this contribution from Firestorm. We had a guy at my work who did this. He had over 700 hours of paid time off saved up. They told him he had to use it because they were making a cap on hours, so he asked how long they could take. They said a month, then you have to come back or your job can be given away. He took a month off, came back for one day, and took another month off. Our next Reddit post is from NGD80. Back in the early 2000s, I was a management trainee for a manufacturing company in the UK, and I was responsible for quality control and production management. I was 22 years old, keen as punch, and ready to change the world. About 11 months into the role, I got a new boss. Let's call him Fred. Fred was also the company owner's son, and was basically a 45-year-old screw-up who had only ever been a drug dealer and DJ, and now stood to inherit the entire company. His management style was, let's say, interesting, and he would deviate from screaming at you for the most benign thing ever to, I can't deal with the pressure, so I'll go home for the day, in a matter of hours. He also thought he was a manufacturing genius. His ideas were crazy, but he would scream at anyone who questioned him. There was a 52-year-old machine operative, let's call him Roy, who has worked on the same machine for over 30 years. Roy could tell you when his machine was two weeks away from a breakdown just because it sounded different. He was truly at one with his machine. Fred decided he would modify Roy's machine so that we could extend the range of products we could manufacture. In order to do this, he decided that he would add an additional spindle to the machine. The problem was that each product would finish at a different time and you would need to remove a product from the machine while the other one was still spinning. Roy protested and said he'd never use it, but Fred went ahead and modified it over the weekend with a subcontractor. On Monday, Roy said, You must be joking. I'm not using that. Fred said, You will use it or you'll be looking for a new job tomorrow. 
Roy said, it's not safe and I won't use it. If you try to make me, I'll report you to the health and safety executive. And then Fred said, if you report me, I'll make sure you don't find work ever again. So Roy smiled and said, okay, fine, I'll load the next job, but you can run it first. Roy loaded on his next job and took two steps back. He also looked at me and said, stand back. Fred started the machine and all went well for about 30 seconds. The first job had reached the diameter required and Fred pressed stop. However, he now had to lean over the other job that was still running at 2000 RPM. I didn't see it happen, but I heard an awful scream and then saw blood squirting everywhere. Fred fainted onto the machine, narrowly missing the spindle with his face and greasy long black hair. We pressed the emergency stop and picked him up, and it was then I spotted his fingers in the machine. I picked up two middle fingers and gave them to a colleague to put in a freezer bag, which was a waste of time because they couldn't reattach him. They were too mangled. Fred never came back to work. Apparently, he told his father he wasn't cut out for running the company, and I also left about six months later. I saw recently that it was bought out in a management buyout, and good old Roy was the operations director. Good for him. So basically, the TLDR of this story is that Roy's manager tried to give him the finger, so Roy said, okay, let me help you with that. Our next Reddit post is from Poshpo. I work for a leisure company. Think soft play, indoor soccer, laser tag, can't be specific. Prior to lockdown, managers and the big bosses were negotiating the renewal of the lease on one of our parks. Things were going mostly smoothly, however, the landlords were difficult to contact. Then the coronavirus hit. All of our sites were closed, and everything was thrown into a mess. Negotiations began to slip down the priority list. Nobody thought the landlord would push an eviction for an expired lease during this period. Especially with it still getting rent, despite the site's closure and the closure of every business and restaurant in the immediate area. We were wrong. A few days ago, we received a letter saying we had seven days to leave the premises and take everything with us. We're reminded that anything left in the building after seven days will become the landlord's property. That line is very important. Now, a lot of construction goes into installing our equipment into a new building, which makes emptying one even harder. At a lockdown with no staff and most businesses shut, it meant that saving much of our assets would prove to be extremely difficult. To lose a profitable site and all of its assets is definitely a blow to our company, but here's where it gets worse. A few days into our seven-day eviction, we find out that the landlord has been advertising our park to our competitors. But he isn't offering just the building. He's offering all of our stuff pre-installed. Ready to go, just needs the branding. The landlord evicted us from the property in an attempt to increase rent and make a solid profit from our equipment installed because he thinks we won't be able to empty the park. We were furious. And here's where the malicious compliance comes in. We were told we had seven days to move everything we owned out of the property, so that's what we did. Local businesses from all around offered up free space to store our things. A few people came back out of lockdown and they all spent the rest of the week removing, selling, or destroying everything that was related to us. We didn't even leave light fittings. In every other site vacation we've seen, we always end up leaving thousands of dollars worth of disco lights in the ceiling because they're too hard to get. We leave most of the construction in as well as things like the bars and kitchens that all stay intact, but not this building. 
We ripped up the flooring we installed, tore down the walls that were not part of the original structure, wooden walls to divide up the space, ripped apart our manager's office, and removed all artwork and lockers. The landlord now has every new deal he's been making dead in the water, and a large renovation bill to install new flooring, or a company willing to do it themselves like we were. Lockdown has been extended another four weeks, so he has at least another four weeks without rent and won't have any potential buyers. Silver lining, the assets we got out of the site, fridges, TVs, equipment, food, tables, etc. have all been sold and the lack of rent and additional income has helped the business and paid staff wages. OP, you should call up the landlord pretending to be a local business saying how excited you are to rent the place since all the amenities are still installed. (laughs) and then see what this guy's reaction is and report back. I'd love to know how miserable this landlord is. Our next Reddit post is from Anstecker Voistov. You're not to get involved in your mom's Facebook stuff. Those were my dad's words years ago when I started a discussion with my mom over some dumb racist stuff she said on Facebook. Facebook brings out the worst in my mother, who in real life used to be a lovely woman, but over the years got lost in her echo chamber of stupidity. I tried getting her out, but I'm not to get involved in my mom's Facebook stuff. Today there was an illegal protest in my city. A protest organized on Facebook by the lowest of the low of our society. We have a group of about a hundred delusional people in the county who are actually willing to get out from behind their keyboards and disrupt public transportation in my city any opportunity they can get in the name of the people. My parents, who are not a part of the 100 but seem to be well on their way, went to today's protest, which was illegal. They were told to separate and leave. They didn't and they got arrested. Ha ha. They didn't have any form of identification on them, so they were not allowed to leave. My dad called me for the first time this afternoon asking me to go to their place, pick up their IDs, and then go to the police station. I asked if this was about the Facebook event. He said yes. I said, better not get involved then, and hung up and ignored his next 17 calls. My aunt apparently went to pick them up later that night, and everyone's pissed at me saying I'm a traitor, except for grandma, who called to say she misses me, and I haven't been able to get the grin off my face. Our next Reddit post is from Fred's Red. This happened when I worked in retail around 2005. I was 15. I was working at a very small grocery store, and although it was a small store, we were always busy, as it was near a popular beach and along a highway rest area. The night before, I'd worked from 12am to 6am packing shelves. There was a huge delivery coming in that had to be stocked for the next day. I was offered double time pay for this shift, so I jumped at the chance to work it. At 2pm that afternoon, 6 hours after finishing the packing shift and barely getting 5 hours of sleep, I got a call from the assistant manager, Fran, who wanted me to come in and work a shift. I explained that I just finished a shift and had only had a few hours of sleep. But the other girl has called in sick and you're the closest person. I lived in the motel next door. My family was managing the motel at this point. Me, being too naive to know that I didn't legally have to come in and should have been paid overtime for working back-to-back shifts. Fine, but I'm working on five hours of sleep, so don't expect me to do much. I got dressed and walked like a zombie into the store. When I arrived, we were extremely quiet, with the occasional customer every 10 minutes or so. I was surprised she called me in at all, considering that even on a busy day, one person can run the store on their own. Around 2pm she says, I'm going on my break, will you clean the store while I'm gone? 
I picked up a duster, knelt down on my knees, and proceeded to dust underneath the shelves. It had been thoroughly cleaned during the six-hour packing shift I'd done a few hours ago, so it didn't need to be mopped. No, not like that. You need to get under the shelf to clean it. Why can't you do it? I'm exhausted and I'm doing my best not to fall asleep on the spot. You have to do it. I have a bad back. Fran then proceeded to grab the duster and lean down and dust it underneath the shelf to demonstrate, making it look easy for someone who claimed to have a bad back. I'm going on my 15 minutes break and by the time I come back, I want the floors to be spotless. Don't do anything else. Absolutely spotless. Got ya. It was 2.02pm at this point and I knew that about any minute now there would be a tour bus arriving. It arrived around 2pm every day. Cue the malicious compliance. I started cleaning under every shelf and every display like my life depended on it. And a few minutes after Fran had left, customers began to trickle in. But I was under strict instructions to only clean under the shelves. Customers began to queue at the register. This was before they had self-serve registers. A customer, after noticing I was there but not serving them, said, Hello? Are you working? Can I get some service, please? I'm so sorry, sir. Bringing out my puppy dog eyes and red, tear-dusted eyes from lack of sleep. I was told I had to clean the stores and I wasn't allowed to do anything else. I really don't want to lose my job. The customer stormed out of the store and a few minutes later came back with Fran in tow. She had been outside smoking. This poor young lady is in tears because you threatened her job. Fran, you have to stop doing this to your staff. Frank, the manager in charge of Fran, will be hearing about this. I was feeling brave and empowered by this, so I said, I told you I'm working on five hours of sleep after working all night with Frank packing shelves. I'm going to go home to sleep. I believe you have some customers that need serving. I was so tired and angry that I didn't care if I was fired. So I went home and slept for most of the afternoon. It turned out that that customer was one of Frank's close friends and was the driver of the tour bus that arrived every day. I turned up to work my regular shift the next day and explained to Frank everything that had happened and how Fran had treated me. He told me to go back to work and that he would take care of it. Fran got a harsh talking to about her behavior and conduct in the workplace and was let go. That was her final warning, as she had been doing this for months to other staff members. Assistant managers don't have as much power as they think they do. Oh, and her bad bag, she didn't have any back issues. She just used this excuse to not have to do anything at work. I never saw Fran in her work uniform after that, but she had come in from time to time to buy groceries. I'd always give the same, hi, welcome to the store location, how are you today, with the biggest grin on my face. Boy, was that sweet. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this podcast, then please follow me. And if you have an Apple device, then please leave a five-star review because it really helps my podcast grow.